Hello, I'm Malcolm Underwood, and I am an illustrator, an animator, and a spanker. You're listening to The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. Hi, I am Hi, and I am also Wendy Sheridan, and this is The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. <laughs> and, and hi, I am uh, also a little hi, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I think I am. And I am Robin Renee, and welcome to episode 122. Which is oh. dropping on April 20th. Yes. 420. 420. <laughs> We're celebrating early. Right. So we have been, we're pretty deep into our season of freedom on the show. And every episode we've featured like a conversation on an aspect of freedom. We've looked at freedom of speech, worship, want, and fear, the costs of freedom. And last show we featured a really great discussion on freedom as it has come to be interpreted from the Constitution. So that was really, I, I really want to re-listen to that episode. Yeah. Actually, I learned a lot. It was very cool. Yes, and it was very serious as opposed, <laughs> as opposed to this episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but actually, there's going to be some serious stuff in the show coming up later. I'm going to share our conversation, my conversation with Malcolm Underwood uh, about how some people find freedom through BDSM. So it's definitely a fun conversation. It's oh, okay. uh, you know, a topic that we people don't talk about or know a lot about sometimes or get mis misinformed can, by yeah, yes, popular can, movies and terrible books. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> we definitely touch on those. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's going to be a, a good, a good interview. So I hope you will stick around for that. Now we're supposed to check in with each other. Uh, yeah. I am, I'm high and <laughs> That is going to affect. That's been established a lot. <laughs> I'm going to keep repeating that. I've been, um, you know, other than this, this deciding to do this today, my life has been very mundane for the past two weeks. My spouse has. He's ill. He has. He has. It is not COVID. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay, it's not COVID. We don't care then. Um, no, I think it's strep. Oh. It's not. Yeah, and and I've been like my throat's been feeling weird for this afternoon, which you know we're in the is it allergies or am I getting sick phase of the year? So yeah. who knows? And the problem with the things now is that you shouldn't assume it's just allergies because I went camping with my partner last season and he thought he just had allergies and he had a bear of a cold and I got ooh really sick a couple <laughs> days later and then another friend just um, made that same assessment and uh, went out for her birthday and found out that she and her husband came down with COVID and oh, thankfully last I've heard none of the people that they went out with got sick or anything but 
Yeah, it's like okay, yeah. everyone's just saying, "Oh, yeah, it's just my scratchy throat," and it might not be. So that okay. Well, no, he went. He went to urgent care on oh. Easter Sunday, and I got to sit in the car for a couple hours while he was <laughs> in urgent care. And it was funny because he was saying the nurses were saying, "Oh, we know it's not COVID. We know what COVID looks like, and you're not that." So <laughs> wow, because he had he had symptoms that were not they weren't aligning with what they see. So right. You know, he had a fever, sore throat. That was it. So I'm sorry he's not well. I'm glad it's not. Well, he's they drugged him up with other drugs, and it's been funny as hell because we keep, you know, we're not kissing, and we keep reminding each other, like, no, we can't kiss each other. (laughs) Oh well, yeah. (laughs) So that's been funny. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah. So I hope I'm not getting it. But we'll yeah, see. I hope not. <laughs> well, well, I had like a hell week this past week. It's been oh, no. really ridiculous. I was, uh, I got the second booster, mm. which knocked me for a loop. I didn't expect it. And I think maybe I didn't take it as seriously. All the other ones, I really made sure I hydrated really well and stuff. And I was like, oh, it was no big deal last time. And, th- you know, th- and this one was like, okay, I was kind of I, I did wasn't really out down and out but I was out about for a day I wasn't really mm. myself you know I was chilly and weird and all that so there was that I had some dental work done which is never really fun <laughs> and then I did go to a really wonderful Seder which was great on That's Friday cool. so I, I That's uh, cool. yeah so that was you know cooking and driving and all this stuff you know um <laughs> But, you know, because the tax man cometh was also looming, I was kind of stressed out about the whole thing. <laughs> and, but I got it. I got mine done and I got uh, I helped my neighbor get hers done. And so it was a lot. It's yeah. just been a lot. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I did all of that, too. Yeah. I've put it behind me because <laughs> I'm high. I don't want to think about anything yeah. unpleasant. So. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah. So one day I will pick your brain about taxes. Not today. No, not today. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So that's oh, me. Okay. Check. <laughs> you can catch a new episode of the Leftscape every other Wednesday. Subscribe to the show on our website, leftscape.com, or find us wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you sign up for automatic downloads so you never miss a show. Yes, please do. And please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Leftscape. And also let us know what other social medias you use. I'm kind of I'm uh, TikTok curious. I'm on TikTok, but I don't do anything on there yet. Uh, so, uh, but I'm curious about other places. Like, I, did you twi- check I like your, Twitch a lot. Did you so, check your music on on TikTok? Like I said, to do. Oh, did you search on your music yet? Yeah, I tried. It was oh, weird. Maybe. Okay. That's another thing. To I just out yeah, I was day. just blown away that people in India were using my music for their videos. It was really cool. That is cool. <laughs> That's very cool. But um, yeah, so anyway, follow us on the internet uh, at Lipscape. <laughs> Um We're actually good with branding on all the major ones, so you can just find us easily. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and you can check out our show notes on the website, which features links for you to follow our show guests and to get more info on the topics that we talk about and everything. And while you're on our site, don't forget to sign up for our monthly-ish newsletter, The Leftscape Lookout. Yes, I need to get some news for you, Wendy, so I can oh, put out a... I have to have news. 
but you okay. Have <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and your downloads, likes, and follows, uh, and subscriptions really do help us grow. And if you do want to go one step beyond, please leave us a review. Yes, five please. stars is always awesome. And I just, I want to say, I actually got some really good feedback uh, from our listener, Brian, today. Oh, cool. Who really, really loved the last show and was really, really enjoyed the discussion with uh, David Schwartz. On, oh, cool. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> just, it was, it, it was, he just said he learned a lot and it was good. But the thing that he said, and a lot of other people have said this too, that the, he appreciates our just talking as people and working through things and talking about the news and talking about our different approaches to dealing with COVID and, and, and that sort of <laughs> stuff. Um, cool. Because a lot of people, I think, initially think we're going to be this really heavy handed, like political, uh, <laughs> you know, ranters or something. <laughs> we get, you know, we, we talk about serious stuff, but we also are just kind of real. And um, I'm glad to get that positive feedback. So thank you. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks. Yeah. On Patreon, supporters can listen to our latest exclusive We Should Be Recording This segment, which uh, March has been the most recent. It's called Bad Advice. And we discuss uh, toxic positivity, spiritual bypass, cultural appropriation, and how oversimplification of ideas and practices remove context and can cause more harm than help. <sighs> Wow. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> that happens, right? <laughs> that was a wordy sentence. <laughs> yes. That's me writing. This is, uh... <laughs> um, but you can join our Patreon for as little as $1 a month and listen to that. Uh, and, um, and other, other, our other, we should be recording. This is, that is like, if you're expecting us to rant, there's a way higher probability of me going off on a rant. In, on Patreon than on our uh, publicly available airwaves, or or sometimes we just sometimes it's like oversharing. Oh, totally! Too, so oh you'll my get God. some of that. Yes, yes. If you want to know way too much about, <laughs> but yes, oh, but we yes. love your support. So thank you for that, as always. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I have a sort of a rewind from a couple shows ago. Okay. I love Absurdal. Okay. I've, I, I, I got, I get it. And it's, and it's fun. What so we were talking absurdal? about Wordle and Quirtle and all the sort of like offshoots of, of that word game. Mm -hmm. And have you done Absurdal? No, I don't even know what it is. That's why I'm asking. What oh, is okay. it? Okay. Okay. What you talked about it? I so, don't remember. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So access to those memory cells has been blocked temporarily. <laughs> okay. Well, absurdal is it's kind of like um an antagonistic version of Wordle. But it's not mean. It's just it's it it one it's its job is to give you as little information as possible <laughs> until you get to the word. <laughs> so and it's funny to sort of figure out how it works because as opposed to like there's a word and then you have to find it, it's like you actually have more control. And so you, the word, the first word you choose is never going to be it. So it's going to eliminate all those letters, you know, and then the second one. And then when you finally get to a place where it, it gets to a group of words, like, okay, of what you've chosen so far, that's been eliminated. Like there can be say like 800 possible words. It will give you like the least of all of those. So if there's like one letter that, 
is correct, but in the wrong place, it'll give you that. And then you work off of that. And so eventually the only word it could possibly be is the answer, the final answer. So it's, inter it's kind of opposite okay. wordle and it's, it's cool. Okay. You know? So I've figured out like, if you start out with your usual opening words, those will, it'll never be that because it will get eliminated immediately. Right. So I thought opposite about it and given it weirder <laughs> words that I don't normally use and they can, it's just interesting to see what it winds up being. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's fun. I, I enjoy it. Okay, cool. Yeah. So any other rewinds? I don't have, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But we got some facts first. Yes. Ah, okay. Three I, random facts. I don't facts. whack my head on the boom microphone, oh, no. which I have just done. <laughs> okay, right. so fact number one, <laughs> cannabis smells like skunk because of one of its terpene components, myrcene, 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 myrcene is known for its sedating, relaxing effects. It is in lots of other high, highly fragrant plants, such as bay leaf, mangoes, hops, and thyme. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. When I was looking up marijuana effects i was there was a lot of hops and weed and marijuana comparisons because apparently up their fan they have a common ancestor <laughs> so mm. i mean like was it everybody i mean all of your leafy all of your vegetables are basically mustard that's not a random fact that's just it's been like if you go for the the leaves you get kale if you go for the flower buds you could get Brussels sprouts, or you could get broccoli if you go for, you know, it depends on what you're breeding for, but it all started with wild mustard, all of them vegetables. I didn't know that. That's cool. All I the like family all brassica. <laughs> okay. Right, yeah, right. They're all brassicas. So, bonus fact. I like it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens. This <laughs> happens. You opened up the nerd chest here and, and it all <laughs> spills out. Um, all right. <clears throat> My first fact is from Live Science. Ingredients in several common baby soaps can cause a false positive on marijuana urine tests. Now, I'm not sure. The article did not say if the baby's urine is being tested or if it's the, uh, the parent's urine is being tested. They did not say. Um, the soaps, including formulas from J&J, &J, CVS, and Aveeno, don't actually contain pot nor do they get infants high. Oh, <laughs> A more sensitive test can show that the initial screening results were false positives, researchers reported in the journal Clinical Biochemistry in 2012. So That is interesting. I really want to know why that is. I want to look that <laughs> up at some point. <laughs> and uh, our last fact... Uh, is the first item sold over the internet was a bag of marijuana over 40 years ago. Stanford students used ARPANET, which is an early form of the internet, to buy weed from their counterparts at MIT. And if you go to our website, I have a fact check to an article that is, it's a dubious fact because no actual money was exchanged. And because there's a controversy, there's a controversy about this. Hmm. <laughs> here, here we're getting into conspiracy theories, and 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 <laughs> we're, no, we're so not. it wasn't really a sale, is the controversy? Apparently, or? because the okay. first sale where somebody actually like put their credit card in the in on their 
into the internet to buy something was a CD of music from two people. Okay. But, so this is a factoid. A factoid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I was like just dubious because why would people in California be buying weed from people in Boston? That was my first like t- tingle like like is this real <laughs> right that seems rather far and california they're growing it <laughs> so it sounds like a nerdy fun thing to try to do yeah just, just because you could do it but it's, you know whatever <laughs> i know i know it's weird it's weird that's why i, I actually went and fact checked something for for once <laughs> <laughs> And now it's uh, it's time for the news. The news is not as long as our normal news because I can't. Here's my here's my uh, my confession. Here, um, I'm high, and I'm not. I've been avoiding the news since I got high, and instead of doing my homework. I've been in my head designing a new bra that I could wear that's actually comfortable and not all these crappy ones that I own. So, have you been getting all those weird bra ads on Facebook? <laughs> not now. I mean, I will again. I had. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. I've only been getting um, post uh, mammogram ads for implant like uh, pads. Oh, wow. It's like, do they know I have cancer and nobody's told me? Oh, you God. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? You know, why am I, you know, some one of my other friends is getting those and they're saying it's just because we're women of a certain age. No, but- I get ads for people with small <laughs> boobs. And so <laughs> I'm sorry. Their algorithm <laughs> is off. <laughs> I, we have it. We are. We actually can see each other. <laughs> And I know Robin in real life, and she is not a small-breasted person. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> my news is very brief. It is, marijuana will be legal for sale for anyone to purchase in the state of New Jersey on Thursday, April 21st, 2022. Yes, and, and so that will be tomorrow, the day after this show comes out, which yes. is... They sort of see humorous they, they missed a, a certain <laughs> big marketing opportunity. And maybe that's why, because they didn't really want to be associated with 420. I had the feeling like they were going to be like, we're going to be cool, but we're not going to be that cool. Or something. I don't know. It's, very, <laughs> it's funny, but Twitter has been having a lot of fun joking on it. <laughs> so It's like, Oh, so close. <laughs> um, you can start queuing up on 420 and just you know, pitch your tent outside the dispensary. Because what is it? Only 10 places in the state will be legal tomorrow on Thursday? I think there are more than that. There are some like satellite places and stuff, but they don't all, from what I've heard, and this is not <laughs> written anywhere, but it's just someone I know who does like a lot of research about these things. <laughs> he said that a lot of them won't have the enough product really to yeah. to open for recreational so i don't know what it's going to be like so it could be long lines or weirdness so we'll see <laughs> anyway anyway so in other news teachers in florida have some teachers have been finding a very good way to sabotage the don't say gay law which is pretty cool because i think when you hear the law like you 
you hear the implications of it, but they've taken it to the letter. And what it says is that sex and gender cannot be mentioned to students that are kindergarten through third grade. So therefore, this one teacher sent around a letter and said, okay, well, to adhere to the letter of the law, I will no longer be referring to your child with gendered pronouns. <laughs> Everyone will be they, them. And we will be using the honorific mix. So all the teachers will be MX someone, you know. And, uh, you know, so I think it And it, they were pulled, they, they pulled a lot of the books because they mentioned gender, like he and she, and talked about boys and girls. Oh, funny. I didn't, I didn't hear that. Oh, yeah. There was a place, lot yeah. of, there was a whole list of books <laughs> that they were That's pulling. Funny. So I think it's very, uh, it's it's good. This is a good. This is a good um, response. It's very funny, and you know it make people think. Hopefully, yeah. well, somewhat. it's it is actually. I think what is it? It's fall. There's an actual term for this because I know people who it, it's almost like a, a work slowdown. At somebody was doing it like at a, a coffee house. They were going exactly what the procedure book said, and not. Oh. You know, and it ended up being malicious compliance. Is yes, that what you're it's yes, <laughs> malicious compliance. <laughs> right. So, you know, they got to think about when they pass laws, they got to think about the their words, you know. Yeah. And I'm glad. And it actually also makes the point that, so you were so interested in thinking that like some people's gender is unmentionable, that you don't <laughs> even realize that you yourself have a gender, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So not my gender. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And this other bit of news, I have to learn more about this, but I I looked into squirrel news that Wendy, you introduced (laughs) last show, I believe, because it's it's all like sort of positive, productive news sources. And it sent me to this Euro news article that said there's, uh, I believe in Sweden, they have found a way to store solar energy for up to 18 years in this liquid molecule type okay. thing. So basically, and I don't, I don't know, have they really tested it for 18 years? I don't know. But so basically it can take the energy and it won't release heat until it comes in, in contact with a substrate. Hmm. So it's oh, a way okay. so it's storing potential heat energy. Right, right, exactly. So it it will um you know one of the big complaints about solar energy is that if the sun's not shining it's not producing, you know. Oh, is that what was behind the solar batteries that are work in the dark? I saw a headline scroll by somewhere today when I was on Facebook. That could be if it they put the substance in the panel and it releases right. it at night, it would continuously produce energy. Right, right. So this is this is, seems like a cool, positive uh, step. I'm, yeah. You know, I wanna, I'm interested in learning more, but it just sounded really fun and cool. So, yeah. Uh, that's all so, the news I have. It's just I don't even have news today. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I will, I will, when I... <laughs> I'm sober and I've stopped flying. I will be able to face the world, but right now, you know, everything is rainbows and hippies. Oh God! So. <laughs> <laughs> Throw in a punk rock over too, please. Okay, okay, thanks. Okay.
Know the symptoms of feline paralysis. Stage 1. Sitting down, a cat climbs into your lap. Now you are unable to stand. Stage 2. If you hear purring or if the cat starts to make biscuits, you have reached the next level of feline paralysis. Stage 3. If the cat falls asleep on your lap, you have entered the final and most dangerous phase of feline paralysis. Stage 3 feline paralysis can affect your job or even relationships with other humans or pets. You can tell if someone is suffering from feline paralysis by the amount of cat fur adhering to clothing, especially in the lap area. Feline paralysis can happen to anyone. Are you or a loved one suffering? We can help. And now, back to the Leftscape podcast. Are you out of your broken mind? Okay. So this is our Geekscape. <laughs> um, so I guess it's a 420 Geekscape, and we're utterly unprepared. <laughs> Now so, we we've done our we've done our research by getting high. That's that's it. That's yeah, our research. I'm I'm I I think I think <laughs> we can do both of these topics more justice at some point. What weed and kink? Well, so that's the that was a thing. Like I wrote on our notes, weed or kink, thinking we, we would, could do a geekscape about one or the other. Oh, but Wendy thought it was a game, a game show. show. Actually, we have two different weed-themed game shows. There's Weed or Kink, and Weed or Rock Band. I think the <laughs> I think the latter makes more sense. I know, but they would both actually could Weed Kink or Rock Band. Let's okay. mix them. And actually, all up. everyone there's a kink. Everyone has a kink for yeah everything. Like I mean, someone has a kink for any every rule thirty four. <laughs> yes. What am I trying to say? That there's porn for anything or kink for anything. Yes, that's what I mean. Yes, yes that's what rule 34 is. Porn exists for anything. Anything you could possibly imagine. <laughs> anything that you couldn't even possibly imagine. <laughs> porn exists for it. So what weed strains sound like metal bands or vice versa? <laughs> well, I see this is where we needed to do the research. <laughs> yeah. Blue, did you say Blue Dream was that one? Blue Dream was has to be named from the Satriani song. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be what I'm flying on now. I think Chocolate Diesel could be a good Chocolate band name. Diesel. <laughs> diesel. There's a bunch of di- Diesel must be a family. Yeah, I think so. Because I, there, Sour Diesel is one. Yeah. That doesn't sound as bandy as Chocolate Diesel, though. So. Right, right. What kind of music would Chocolate Diesel play? Because hmm. it's not metal. It could be. Industrial hip-hop? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, that a genre? A good one. They'd, they'd it be, should be. I mean, be I'm sure someone's like, sort of blended those, but that, would, that wouldn't be bad. <laughs> We were listening to a band the other day called Something Brown. Okay. Stanky Brown. <laughs> okay. And everyone was like, this is, this band shouldn't be called, this is a terrible band name. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> they were just like a very basic rock band, you know? And they actually 
played, they opened for a lot of people and stuff. They, they, you know, they were popular for a minute in the seventies or whatever, but it was like, that's a bad name. And then like the next day I heard like a really good funk song. And I was like, that's, now this band could be called Stanky Brown. It was just like, <laughs> it was, it and actually could work. they were a punk band. They were just Right, but a, it was like, it was, it was very Oh, they strange. were, they were aspiring to be something that, uh, it was their just name, a, right, it was checks a the band can't, can't cash. Right. So. <laughs> exactly. But, wow. um, yeah, I don't know. I have a feeling that we have a game show that we could create out of this idea, but it's not there yet. So. <laughs> no. Well, we have a lot of game show ideas. Uh, you telling me three-letter acronyms and me not knowing what the fuck they mean. <laughs> this is true. That, that's a good one. We'll have to do that. Yeah. I, I'm not sure you could probably stump me with some. I, oh, well, if I could go technical, I definitely could. But, you know... I never thought BBC was anything other than British Broadcasting Company. And when I <laughs> saw it somewhere else, it made no sense. That's pretty funny. <laughs> well, that's why you want to do this game show. Yes. I'm going to go, oh, it's the British Broadcasting Company and not uh, not the other thing, not Big Black Cock. So <laughs> then the sentence made a lot more sense. Exactly. What works we were gonna what they were replacing with. Now it's now it's like a uh that's a whole guessing game in itself in and of itself. Like you see a a string of capital letters and you gotta go, okay, what are we what are we trying to say here? And you're trying to you try different things, you know, and none of them are making any sense. And then finally it's like, you know, I see what what I mean or by, you know, by the way is an easy one, but right. There's some, it like, happens a lot with album titles, but like if you're on a certain band's fan site or yeah, something yeah. like those, they start to make sense. You have to realize like, Oh, okay. That stands for. This yeah. Well, it, yeah. So let's like, yeah. Like movies that are in a series or, or TV shows you like, like ATLA for avatar, the last airbenders Atla. So now we don't right, even right. say, you don't even spell it out. You just say it, you know, it's just some sort of slang thing. So, <sighs> all right. Now it's, I've gotten old so, and yeah, cranky. We were just generally geeky on this. <laughs> <laughs> General geekery. Uh, well, this is, uh, this is Wendy uncensored, basically. I don't know about <laughs> you, but I'm just stream of consciousness at this point. Nice. And, and maybe something Maybe we'll get like 30 seconds of good out of this. <laughs> this is uh this is your um public service announcement. Uh don't do drugs and go to work. You know. This <laughs> yeah, that's probably <laughs> that's probably a good idea. Yeah, but, I this you know, is this is usual, this this is not a normal thing for me. It's like when I light up or something it's at the end of the day i am off the clock i am not responsible to anyone or for anything so yeah. don't have an emergency either so you know i'm off the clock and i'm just relaxing and i got up here and i realized that you know it's one thing to be you know the talent and you just go sit in the booth and have your little chat but you know, your recording engineer is also high as a kite, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> it's not good. 
Oh man. Oh. Well, yeah. I mean, I I think that's actually a good point, and I'm hoping that um, with the new legalization, that things stay chill. You know, like I mean, anybody's capable of like getting messed up and driving or doing something really stupid. But I'm 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 really hoping that people realize that like it's a thing that is good to do when you're like in your own space and safe and not causing harm anywhere, you know? Yeah. You know, because yeah. I think a lot of people are like, oh my God, the world's going to go crazy and everyone's going to be driving stoned. And I, you know, I don't think that's the case. I'm just I, hoping that it's, uh, The big know, change probably for me is going to be sitting out on the front porch and getting high instead of sitting inside a dark room with the windows down, you know, the shades down and everything it's like not it's not going to be like this big fucking secret right oh i'm coming out <laughs> as a pothead oh my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <sighs> yeah you, st- you keep you keep secrets about all kinds of things as an adult or even as a kid or just as a human i feel like more so as a kid and that that's that's the damaging thing, you know? Mm. I think when you feel like you can't be all you are, like you have to hide aspects of yourself. And I think adults, some adults hold on to that feeling too. But I think, you know, for me growing up, I definitely came of age and wanted to, under, you know, n- understand my sexuality and just even, just a lot of things that you're... Uh, people are telling you you have to keep under wraps or that aren't appropriate or that aren't this or that, you know, mm-hmm. even just the emotions, you know, in my mm-hmm. household, it was sort of to have emotions that were complicated or not just happy, smiley. Oh, like it was, it wasn't, it was seen as not good, you know, so I would hide in my room and write my moody poems or something, <laughs> you know, because I couldn't really, it wasn't really okay to just be wherever I was at, you know? And yeah. So that's, that's hard. And I think a lot of adults harden into those kinds of stances where they feel like they've got to put on a front of some type. But I thought every kid, like a teenager, goes and does moody poetry or adjacent activities in their room by themselves. Like, that's like the thing. That, well, so, to some, yes. I mean, I think that is a thing, but it's also specific to I mean, everyone has like the dynamics in their family you know mm. and for me there was like a fear aspect of it that mm. i would i would get yelled at for being too emotional or or to express an opinion that was not the same as one of my parents or something you know mm-hmm. so it was about it was about being afraid to oh. be all of myself you know so that was combined with the fact that yeah i was just in that time frame as well but it was it was kind of scary times in some ways not scary like i was going to be harmed but like it was more like a silent treatment anger thing mm-hmm. as opposed to like you know i would be hit or something it wouldn't be that but definitely shaped my sense of um is it okay to blossom and be all of myself you know I didn't so. get that till, like, I hit my 40s. So, mm. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you know, I was, I, I did some things that 
I know I was a very obedient child. I know they're probably laughing. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I did everything that they expected me to do. You know, I did all of the things. I checked all the boxes. I mean, and then, you know, and then I went the rebellious stuff. I did that too, but it was also because we could. Yeah. You know, we're similar in that way. I mean, I definitely was good in school and I'm not, I wasn't destructive or anything like that, you know? So I was kind of like a model student in a way, <laughs> you know, but I also did all the other things I wanted to do as well. So mm. I, I, so I did my share of sneaking around and. Yeah. Doing I don't know. That's a whole other, whole other convo. That um, is. Yeah. <laughs> but I need to have it with my therapist. I think, I don't know. It's like, let's, mm. let's dredge up some kid stuff that I don't even think about anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's interesting. I don't know. I think we wound up in the blanket fort. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's you know. Yeah. This is good. We're going what two years? <laughs> two years of this protracted separation bullshit. So yeah, you know. Yeah. We don't. This is our chance to talk to each other, and we're <laughs> you know. I have no barriers anymore. I'm like, this is uh. You've been wanting me to open up, so here you go. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Uh, all right. I think it's enough, though, honestly. Yeah, I think, I think we're <laughs> I think, good. I think they want to hear about this BDSM guy now. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's coming up. Yes, yes. definitely listen. It's I haven't heard that yet. I will I will hear it before the rest of you do. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Yo, what up? This is the poet known as Analysis, and you're listening to The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. This is what you need. Don't miss an episode. Well, I'm here with Malcolm Underwood. Uh, Malcolm says he's born in the South, forged in the North, and sharpened by the road and the world, which is all very mysterious. I want to hear more about this. <laughs> and he says he's doing what he can to make his little corner safe, a safe place for everyone. So uh, welcome, Malcolm. Well, thank you, Robin. This is, uh, that's interesting. So we, I, I uh, attended a discussion that you held a little over a week ago, and it was about BDSM. And... I guess my first question, I want to back up a little bit because I would like to hear a little bit more of your background if you'd like to share it. And then maybe a um, just a definition of BDSM and what that is for people who really have no clue at all. And I think a lot of people have a lot of misconceptions. Well, there's tons of people who've got a lot of misconceptions about what BDSM, they may know what the words mean, but they may not necessarily understand what is the entirety of the concept of it. And thanks to plenty of media misconstruing, it's not difficult for them to it's not difficult for them to realize or not realize what it is. Um, kind of like what happened with martial arts and that's another another one of those situations. <laughs> but a little bit of my background. 
I was actually born in Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is why I was saying born in the South. We lived, I lived across many locations in the South before when my mother remarried a New York musician. So then I moved from these lovely little towns that, I mean, literally the town that I grew up in, I remember when the fourth and fifth stoplight got put in. <laughs> wow. For this town. Okay? okay. And it was the it was the county seat that had about three thousand people in this little corner of sorry, it's got three thousand people now. When I was a kid, it was about twelve hundred. Um, that's an e- even smaller town than I'm from. That's impressive. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And going from that small place to the Bronx. <laughs> That's a change, <laughs> for sure. It, it, it is a massive, massive change, but I loved it. I mean, even when I was a kid down south, I didn't really, didn't really fit in. And I always said that I wanted to move to New York, and I kept telling, I was like, I was looking at being emancipated so I could leave, and I was going to go move into the big city. And I didn't actually have to go through all of that before I ended up in New York, but but then... So then, (laughs) there's got to be a transition here. I want to hear how you got to this. Um, So then, martial arts took me to lots of tournaments and I traveled. I competed in Brazil. I've competed in Hong Kong. And then I got in additional travel due to my original career of art. Um, I was went to school in Philadelphia for computer animation, animation design. And that let me travel, go to you know, spots in LA and just wherever the work was, or I was a freelancer who kept a pack bag and a passport on top of it for whenever somebody wanted me for a gig, away I would go. Nice. And my falling into BDSM happened in New York as a teenager, not a thing I would suggest for any teenager, but these things happen. Uh, <laughs> And that group of experiences took me to other places in the country, like Seattle. Okay. So that sounds um, like well, a good place to explore for sure. <laughs> it is a very well. See, it's funny because it's an interesting place to explore, but it's not a very dark place. In the fact that it's ninety-two percent white, so. Ah. You get to be, (laughs) there's a little bit of, um, I'm pretty sure I got a little more attention because I was um, unique in the scene. But, you know, sometimes it gives you a little more, it can kind of skew your perception sometimes, especially when you don't see many of us involved but then, then when back over and hopping into Philly, and um, I actually ended up with a couple of mentors here that really helped me along as well, and showed me it could be a space for truly everybody, because sometimes it's a little more 
exclusive. The whole idea of being seen in the scene is a big deal for lots of folks. And I've watched how things have kind of shifted and changed. And it's it's made me more vocal about it than I once was. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I definitely appreciate that. So I, I would like to get to a place of... Do you, is is there a definition? I mean, I think most people think of BDSM as pe- some people who like to experience pain and some people who like to give pain and uh, 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 like cultures of control, I guess, around those kinds of issues. So I'm curious um, how you okay. would. That's not I would, how well, I would say it, but that's I think. That's well, so so we about. so we should go over the just so people who have the perception, you know, bondage and domination sadism and masochism bdsm um but that absolutely doesn't really cover it's a peripheral understanding it's kind of like when someone says martial arts that covers a whole group of things from boxing to kung fu to basic training and close combat those all fall under martial arts, but they are all radically different. And the problem, the BDSM is like that. It is an umbrella term. People think about it basically breaks down to whips, chains, and pain. Right. And that is one possible definition, but not remotely the only one. I feel like in helping to define this for folks, it is it's a category of exploration. And that is at the source and the heart, the depth of what BDSM, at least to me, is. Is that there are so many things that, well... We back up. We live in a we, we live in North America. The fact that we were founded by people who were too uptight to hang out in Britain <laughs> should be an indication to us of exactly. How, I mean, if you think of the the Puritans who came over here were so uptight that the British didn't want them. So our <laughs> Sorry, ideas <that's> hilarious. <laughs> Yet true, but we we very rarely talk, we very rarely consider that the idea of pleasurable experiences has been. I mean, oh goodness, you you're amazed if you have a if you have a good marriage, people look at you like you're ridiculous, and oh my god, you mean you had sex for fun? Right. <laughs> oh. No, 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 no. We are only here to produce children for the farm. How dare you? You heathens. <laughs> and since very few folks talk about it, and then those who do talk about it are often black marked, BDSM is a way to explore the things that are a little more taboo, but kind of come naturally. And I say kind of come naturally because there is sensations and exploring the depth of sensation, not just pain, even though that is a sensation, but so many other things 
involved in BDSM are sensation-based. It's, you know, people want to talk about blindfolds, taking away your vision, and heightening your feelings, heightening your the tactile sensations. And those little things that add to the experience that people don't really think very deeply about or really explore too much. I mean, the human creature on the whole is a risk-adverse creature. So we find a thing that we like, and we want you to do it that exact way every single time. That's why we all have our favorite sandwich shops. We all have our favorite restaurants because I go to this restaurant and I go to my local chicken shack and they fry that wing up exactly the same way every single time. And I'm going to go there and screw the chicken shop to the left because they don't do that. Right. (laughs) And so people think about sex and pleasure in the same way. (laughs) If you, they they think about it in the same way. We also have our lovely, um, if you even look at the way media drives our sexual tensions or our ideas of love and affection, anything that is outside of this very straight line, flat highway track that leads you off the abyss into marriage, children, and then grandkids and waiting to die? is kind of all people think about. And that's all the track that they take from. And for a lot of folks, they have a hard time with the idea, but they they all kind of secretly like it because they always ask those questions. But the idea that there's something different and a lot of folks are afraid to try because they're afraid they might have a bad time. But in my experience, when someone finds out you're kinky and they're comfortable with you, there's always that extra question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they always have that look of, well, do you spank people? <laughs> Did you want to be spanked? <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, no, I don't want it. Then you wouldn't be spanked. That's how this works. (laughs) Right, right. So one of the things that you said um, in the discussion I was part of was that BDSM can be a type of freedom. And that's the topic that we've been exploring this whole uh, season on the show. And I had heard that before when someone described being submissive as a sort of a vacation from their everyday, you know, needing to be in control of things and, and taking care of business and that sort of thing. And I have experienced something like that too. I don't, yeah, I think, I don't know if vacation, but they, the feeling, the sense of freedom within an experience, I do really recognize that. I wanted to hear more about that. Um, yes, I absolutely feel like it is a link and it is definitely a level of freedom because in a truly, in a safe and healthy BDSM environment, you are allowed to express yourself however you choose to express yourself. 
however you want to express yourself. The individuals that you with give you the opportunity to draw that out of you and supplying you with a safe space to do so. And at its core, it lets you free yourself because every day, in every place, we wear masks and we wear chains that keep our responses in check, that keep our thoughts within a certain bound and certain things we don't express. All right. We all have our versions of on the clock versus off the clock conversations we have at work. But you know, even there's that with your friend groups. Like there are, hi, I'm in my, I'm hanging out with these friends mode, which is different than hanging out with these guys modes. And which is definitely different from the coworkers and the other modes over here, or I'm in church, or all of these places where we spend a lot of time in order to make things go smoothly, being inauthentic in a way. Mm-hmm. But within the confines, within the box of the quiet points of BDSM, when you get to walk into your room, take off your clothes, change into whatever you're going to be wearing for this. That is the time when you start to transfer, when you start to let yourself go. The things of the day didn't matter. They stopped mattering. The rest of the world for a little while is gone because it is you inside of this experience. And in the right in the right setting, there is no expectation beyond enjoying yourself beyond being present in the moment. Whatever the response that you have is the response that occurs. It's allowed to come out. It's allowed to flow. It's allowed to be. And it's allowed to be in a way that we don't get to do throughout our day, throughout most of our life. There are a whole lot of people who never get the opportunity to really be themselves to really be open or wild, which is one of the reasons that I feel feel like alcohol is incredibly popular because it gives an individual an inhibition, the opportunity to lower their inhibitions. And, you know, really it doesn't make you do anything you wouldn't have done without it. You just didn't have the courage or the ability to let go and do it until you were on that fourth shot of fireball. Right. <laughs> Not that I was just fireball, but you know, I know that's what the kids are drinking nowadays. Yeah. I'm I'm more of a writer's tear, good and livid type of guy myself. Okay. <laughs> there you go. So so that's actually a good you know question. I, I mean I know that it's important for a lot of people to take BDSM very seriously and in the sen- in sobriety because you're working with sensations and things where you really need to be conscious and 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 stay connected. How, yes. Do you have anything to say about that? No. Oh dear God, absolutely! You should be. Yeah. Um, everybody needs to make sure that you are absolutely. <laughs> you don't need to get high to do it. All right, you don't need like. All right, maybe maybe you need 
a drink, maybe a sip of something to loosen up a little bit because it's the end of your day. But that's only if you're playing with something, or I should say, you shouldn't be the one who's playing with the dangerous item at that point if you need to do that. There are some people who, of course, will take things too far and feel like they're okay with that. But generally speaking, from a sheer safety issue, I don't suggest any sort of any sort of imbibement um, of an intoxicant during the play. You do it right, and I promise you the sensation and the spot you will be, you will be high enough. The endorphins that come out and can be produced are way more effective. <laughs> right. <laughs> so how do people find their roles in BDSM? I know that I've, I've, from some, someone who's been somewhat in the, those scenes and also observing um, from a distance as well. I think that there's, there seem to be very strict role, roles and ideas about who can say what and how people behave and how people connect based on their um, inter, you know, inter, um, the, the, whatever they choose, you know, the, the relationships that they choose. And I know uh, that I think there's more fluidity, at least I've seen that more fluidity than is sort of portrayed but I'm wondering how people arrive at this connection. Well, so for me, um, and I will admit that I am a far, my way of doing it and having gotten there is a way that is not as popular as it once was. I am from, I was trained in what was known as the old guard fashion. And the old guard fashion, which was based off of so BDSM as we know it, especially here in the West, was actually brought back. It was a combination World War One in particular. While America had a set had segregated army for a very long time, the German did not. And lots of places over there were not. So the gay servicemen were allowed to integrate. And they were allowed to party, and that's amusingly why you have more black. There's plenty of us who ended up in places and just stayed there because at least it was somewhat fairer. But the leather community started out from soldiers. And from that, you had to kind of earn your place to command someone you needed to serve an individual first so that you understood what service was to. Mm -hmm. And so I started out in service to a couple. And as things occur, and as you kind of grow, you suddenly start understanding more of your place. By the time my by the time I was by my time my relationship was finished with the couple, they were serving me. Hmm. But for me, it's important to understand both sides of the equation. Uh, lots of folks, um, and still, that's one of the things that's kind of happened. Well, one of the things that's just very annoying, and I will 
save some of the kink stuff that has generated a few of these things. But lots of people now end up choosing their roles based on what they think they want Mm -hmm. versus what they might actually need to have happen. You may have some folks who, and I've noticed this, especially in some of the more, I'll say ill-behaved dominant types, that these are usually individuals who are powerless in their daily life, and then they would like to have power in their sexual life. Mm. Lots of S-type individuals may be powerful in their daily life, but want to relax their responsibilities. So the S-type experience is, oh, and I should probably say so, dominant type of experience, or the D-type or M-type, dominant or master, the S or B-type, which is submissive or bottom type. And for the folks out at home, bottoming is when you're submissive for a scene, specifically. Topping is when you're dominant for a scene, specifically. Now that we have that out of the way. <laughs> well, and they're switched, too, that people consider themselves fluid. Sw- switch, switches are individuals who are fluid, all right? Or as every other type likes to call them, confused, quotation marks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, that's another that's a whole nother conversation and i will say at and i look up and go no i do not consider switch confused individuals i considered switch much like i consider my bisexual and queer buddies flexible that's what that is thank you that was very succinct exactly <laughs> Exactly. Well, different people have different energies and recognizing that different energies generate different feelings are important for people to realize. And that is something that I think everyone could stand a little more of or a little more understanding of is that there are some individuals that exude a domineering type energy or a, do- or a safe dominant energy that makes you feel safe in submitting to it. Other folks admit a more submissive feel and you want to and you want to take care of them and you want to control that so they each have their place and lots of folks are incredibly rigid and there's a whole lot of folks who aren't so rigid because they recognize different feelings have different places and i feel like um especially with some of the rise in the popular media we have okay so i'll back up a little bit so a little further back before 50 shades of gray well there's always been some random book based bdsm group before 50 shades of gray which popularized this it was the novels of gore which created the gregorians and there is a 23 volume power fantasy group that if you wanted to wiki that good on you it (laughs) but it covers a whole lot and there are a whole lot of people who like they were they were the 50 shades of gray people before 50 shades of gray where you know 
The opinions in the book aren't really that interesting, in my opinion, but they did create a fabulously complicated system that folks absolutely adored, and many folks still quietly follow to this day. They're a little... They're a little out of fashion right now due to the amount of research that is kind of necessary to do it. But that was our book-based BDSM before we got into our Fifty Shades of Grey BDSM, which is really an offshoot of there used to be a particular kink referred to as 1950s household. Oh, yeah. Which was a whole lot of people who wanted kinky versions of Leave it to Beaver, which is... Once again, absolutely fine. Not very kinky in my opinion, but that would be kink shaming, and that's a terrible thing to do. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like, especially with the rise of with the rise of the men's rights activists, the alt right, and the rest of these guys who feel like that they're magically being threatened because requiring to treat people like human beings is a terrible thing all of a sudden the rise of the idea this far more far more heteronormative than i'm used to idea of what is a dominant individual mm -hmm. like it's not pretty people with perfectly quaffed beards and hair running around in suits and sparkly chains my time and where i where i learned it was far more inclusive it was a place for anybody who wanted to make a place there and to be involved and that's kind of something that has bothered me a little a little bit as of late because too many people are losing the freedom of what is BDSM for the perceived media trappings of what it is. Mm -hmm. So they're sort of believing this, the story version and getting it that way as opposed to... They're believing the story. They're believing like, you know, so... Like any relatively decent book, the idea is that you should be able to picture yourself as the character to be involved in this thing. And that's what a lot of authors end up aiming for, which is why you get, well, if we really want to be true. So Fifty Shades of Grey started out as a fan fiction mm -hmm. for Twilight. Oh, okay. <laughs> That I didn't know. <laughs> yes, it was actually a very popular sexy Twilight fanfic for a very long time. But as it gained popularity and traction, the author started, in order to get it published, had to drop the vampire aspects and wrote this thing as a little bit more of a typical novel slash book. But in that they still kept that very easy to self insert actually both characters being very easy to self insert female character and male character in there because 
by the time she had removed the trappings that were already the kind of blandness that was Edward and Bella, mm-hmm. you're now left with, I think her name was Annabelle or something like that. I don't know. And Mr. Gray. You're Christian okay. Gray. And they were so incredibly one-dimensional it was stupid easy for people to actually put themselves in these situations and she did just enough bdsm research to make it completely wrong but to sucker folks in because they had heard about these other aspects and these things. Like, they've heard of the slave contract. They didn't know what it actually involved. But they heard it and they figured, oh, it's oh, it's like a real contract. And it's like, this is it's not it's not enforceable, people. Like, it's not a legal thing. You Right. Mm-hmm. Oh. So there's so, <laughs> there's so much here. I guess I want to ask, like, just in, in in a way of by way of summary, like what are a few of the things that people can explore, and where would they go? Like where to to where would you go to learn to that, would, is, that is safe and a reasonable place to? Okay, to, to I go. would I would say that thankfully it was it is not as complicated as when I was initially coming up because before the BDSM community was very underground and very protective, um, still primarily a place for gay and queer individuals to explore and the leather. So, you know, you had to be vetted, you got to the right parties, you met the people, they interacted with you. Once they felt you were a safe person, you would be invited to the next stage, and you got introduced into the community a little slower. And it really helped prevent, we worked very hard to keep predators out because they made things far more difficult. And nobody likes, no one should feel unsafe. And that is a big, that is a big thing for true BDSM and true kink in these events is that you should never walk into an event and feel like you're going to be pounced on or have to be so defensive and your hackles up in having to make sure you're constantly reading the room. And it's, it's a danger thing. Now we have, thanks to the internet, Tons of site and resources. Well, I say tons, but um, a few sites and resources and other places that you can dig in. But since they are a little more readily accessible, you've got to do a little more homework. I do like FetLife. It has been um, a fabulous free place for folks to kind of dip their toes in and check that out. And I would say the best, the best thing would be local munches. You find Fat Life, and you get a chance to go to a local munch and meet folks in a nice public setting where no one's dressed like they just fell out of a Mad Max movie. 
<laughs> and the guy who is dressed like he fell out of a Mad Max movie, you know to avoid him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one we didn't really want here, but there's always that one that we didn't want here. But since it was a public invite, they showed up anyway. Yeah, that's the one that you'll see at the public invite, but they won't be at the party. <laughs> But I find that um, there are lovely chunks of meshes boards. Um, a public munch is a great place to kind of get started. But just even just commenting and taking a read at some of these boards. Even Reddit has a couple of nice boards that folks could take a look at. Um, although I will say that there is definitely some more eye-rolly and twitchy things across all of the platforms, but it's a little easier to spot. I tell people in general, be open, but also be alert. There are some things that are going to sound odd, but you're kind of interested in. Take a look and explore those. There are some things that are going to sound absolutely horrifying and you should run from. Please follow your gut and run from them. We have, as people, a pretty good idea when someone's giving off the wrong vibes. And I say, on the whole, trust. Trust your vibes. And, you know, as you start to explore, you'll probably find out that there's people who are close to you who have been involved for a little while. Don't be afraid to ask them. You would be surprised who you know next to you who actually does some of the things because those of us who've been around longer are still a bit more discreet about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This is this was good. And there's so much here that we could talk forever, but I, I want to just uh, end there. And I, I appreciate it. And if this, that was great advice, do you have... Any other events or discussions or things that are that you'd want to announce or or just uh, so it's funny because when when mm -hmm. you at, when you asked me about this I was just like oh shit I guess I should probably start on one of these projects that I've been very <laughs> I've been too busy for <laughs> so that I can <laughs> actually tell her oh wait you can check me out over here. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been toying with the idea of putting together a podcast of my own to kind of help guide folks along the way and to give a little folks a little more info and to pull some of my kinky friends out of the shadows such as myself because we occasionally look up and when our friends and loved ones and other folks start being involved in this they contact us and then we're like Oh my God, why did you do that? Holy crap, you should have called me earlier. Oh, nope, nope, nope. It's okay. It's okay. We got you. We got you. Hold on. <laughs> Guys, get the tongs. Yep, nope, yep, yep. Give me that one. Yep. All right. And the oven mitts. All right, let's go. <laughs> Safety is a good thing. And it's good to have people that can explain these things. Exactly. So, funny. Um, so yeah, All so right. that's so that's something that's going to be, um, I'm probably going to, dip my toe into TikTok and I will definitely let you know and give you some of that info to toss around because oh, somebody's got to start helping some of these folks with a little more sense and 
not be a creep show about the whole bloody thing. And I guess it might as well be me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. That is a, a great service to the community. So I appreciate you for sure. And um, Thank you for talking to me. Oh, uh, well, thank you for having me. You got questions? We got answers. Well, today's question is a really deep one from one of my online friends, Josh Winters. Hey, Josh, I hope you're listening. I'm going to tell you that you're on. I mention you. Anyway, the question, it's a couple of questions. Yeah, it's kind of a series. And a comment. It's a theme of questions. (laughs) Anyway, this is the question for this episode. Is cereal soup? Isn't a hot dog just an American taco? And then there was a comment in the thread. Sarah Scott Hitchens replied, My husband likes to torture me by calling my soy vanilla latte a three-bean soup. (laughs) (laughs) These questions. Is cereal soup? No. (laughs) I don't believe cereal is a soup. I mean... Like cereal, I mean, no, soup can contain grains like cereal does, but I don't think all grains in milk constitutes a soup. I think you need some kind of veggie thing. Somehow. Okay, is chowder a soup? Chowder is a soup. Okay. Well, think about why, why these things are, because, you know, you're thinking cereal like, you know, uh, Cheerios and milk and it's cold. And then th- and I'm thinking, oh, wait a second. What about oatmeal hot? And they're going, oh, that's porridge. That's the porridge. Like, yeah. Yeah. But is that soup? And it's like, no. And then there's stew. Oh my God. There's this whole, this whole universe of. <laughs> Stew is a thick <laughs> soup, but it's not a soup. It's not a cereal, right? <laughs> and gazpacho is a soup, and even if it's cold, it's okay. And consomme is cold. Wait, consomme, what is that one? It's a clear broth, but it's cold, right? Oh, or even it? it's yeah, or even it's a little gelatinous. I don't even know. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I've had cold soups, and I've been surprised. Like hmm. fan, like cucumber soup or some weird thing. Yeah. I have a recipe for a cold cherry soup. Ooh, it's really good, and it's uh, it's surprising because it sounds like it's not going to be a soup, but it actually <laughs> is. <laughs> and why it is, I don't know. I can't really explain it. It's, just, it's not. It's definitely not a cereal. There's no I think, cereal in it. You know, I really, I really think the uh, Republicans missed a question in their in their grilling of our latest. Oh no, our latest Supreme Court nominations. Yeah. Instead really. of can you define a woman, I think he should have said is cereal soup. Right. I think. Oh, our baby's should... racist. <laughs> <laughs> That was so ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so is Uh, a hot dog just an American taco? uh, Or a taco is a Mexican hot dog? No. It's a a sandwich, right? It's between two pieces of bread. It's one piece of folded tortilla. 
a taco. But what about a hot dog? Well, hot dog is one piece of folded, elongated bread product. Ah, oh, wait, I got it. I got it. Especially for right now. A taco is for Passover. <laughs> and the hot dog is for the rest of the time. <laughs> it's, I guess so. <laughs> well, it's not leavened. Yeah, I guess. No, nah, I know not. it's not. I, it's not I, really. I actually but. discovered ingredients about matzah this week. And yeah. Rich brought home, what was it? This low salt matzah. And it tasted like cardboard. And everybody goes, well, all matzah tastes like cardboard. And I will exclaim, no, it does not. Because he got like regular matzah. It's like, ah, this is the flavor. There's yeah. yeast in it. They just don't let it rise. Right. I like it, I like matzah, actually. It's not yeah. like just bread and water. It's not just, I mean, that's what everybody says. And it kind of tastes like that. But you have to think about it. Because right. like, you don't put salt in it. It's going to be like shit. So, well, anyway, my answer is that a hot dog <laughs> is a hot dog and a taco is a taco, but I can see the point and it's clever. <laughs> but I don't agree that they're one or the same or anything like that. But I do agree this soy vanilla latte is a three bean soup. I think that's, that's hysterical because <laughs> that is that is a three bean soup. I'll, I'll accept that one because it's, <laughs> it's, because it's funny. And it's true. You put it in a bowl and a big spoon. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a soup. It's okay. Sure. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, anyway, this has been interesting. <laughs> and and uh, never to be repeated. <laughs> yeah, right. Until there's a, another person who's the engineer, and then maybe I can be talked into it. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh well, Anyway, thank you for listening to this very weird show of ours. And, um, <laughs> I just want to tell you, our next show, we are going to have a really cool interview. I'm going to uh, catch up with my old friend, Susan Billmeyer, and she's going to talk about freedom from a Buddhist perspective. This is actually our last interview of this series, so it's going to be cool. She's on her way. She's been in India just very recently, so I have to catch up with her and Maybe we'll she'll have some cool. extra inspiration from her travels. Yeah. It should be should be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, I'm Robin Renee, and you can find me on Facebook at Robin Renee Fan, on Instagram at Robin Renee Music, and on Twitter at Spirit Rock Sexy. And if you're on Discord, I guess give me a shout if you want to connect on Discord because it's not easy to just find people there. You kind of need <laughs> to connect on a particular uh server but i'm andrew genus over there and i like i spend too much time there so <laughs> come say hi i'm wendy sheridan and you can find me on facebook and instagram at wendy cards on twitter at wendy designs and on etsy at wendy cards with a z and uh, i'm on discord as a fox woman yes and remember, you can always reach out to us on social media at Leftscape. Send us your questions and we might answer it on an upcoming show. So until next time, be well. Imbibe responsibly. And keep, keep left. left. 
You've been listening to the Leftscape Podcast. Sound engineering by Wendy Sheridan. Show notes by Robin Renee. Fake sponsor messages by Ariel Sheridan. Web hosting by InMotion. Remote recording by Squadcast. If you like what you hear, please share it with your friends. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Leftscape. Become a patron of our show for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash leftscape. Thanks for listening.